0: Before to start with this episode, I just wanted to remind you that Easy Medical Device do have its own shop now, so don't hesitate to go and to find some templates uh, related to the medical device regulation, uh, or uh, also some coaching session that I'm offering. Okay, so let's start now with this episode. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. I am Munir Alazuzzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I'll share with you my experience and one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standard today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. Here is Munir El Azuzi from easymedicaldevice.com and today, we will have uh, a guest that will help us to understand what is intended purpose, how to write that and to not make mistakes about it. Uh, because uh, we need the intended purpose when we are creating our instruction for use or where we are creating our technical documentation. But sometime we can make some mistakes about that and we'll try to help you to not do that. Okay, so we have here with me, uh, so Cesare Magri, he is the co-founder of uh, Be On Clinical. And it he will uh, help us really to understand how to build our internet purpose. So, welcome Cesare for the, to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast.
1: Thank you, Monir. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So, great. So, Cesare, so as usual, can you make an introduction of yourself? Uh, and then we can go to the topic.
1: Yes. So a couple of words. So I'm the co-founder of Beyond Clinical together with Stefan Bolleiniger. Actually I'm a physicist and I have a PhD in informatics and I've been working as a biostatistician for several years in neuroscience. Since 2013, I'm working in the medical device technology sector and I've been writing clinical evaluation, which today is my full-time occupation. So, so you,
0: you mentioned Stefan Bollinger because Stefan is also uh, I we had a lot of time Stefan on the on the podcast and he is uh is uh, his company is beyond yeah his company is beyond quality and quality. now you are creating beyond clinical, which exactly which is a great a great thing. Okay, so we can talk about that later, just uh, to explain exactly what, what you are providing. But mm-hmm. um, I think yeah, let's go to the topic with um the, the intended purpose. Mm-hmm. So uh Cesare, I wanted to that you really help the audience to really first understand um, intended purpose. So do we have a definition or something that is existing that can really make it clear for people what
1: is intended purpose? So I like to define the intended purpose as uh, the description of the medical problem that you want to address with your medical device. So another way to look at it is also to think of the leaflet that you find in the... Um, um, boxes of the medicines where you have a description of uh, the, the, which patients should take the medicine, when, how much and all the side effects. That's, the description of, that's a description of a medical product that you, and to which you want to bring a solution through your medical device. Uh, so when writing an intended purpose like try to take the view of a um, doctor that, is supposed, that, that has a problem and that want to address this problem and is looking for a solution for it.
0: So is there, is there, um, uh, is there, is there some confusion that people are doing now with intended purpose, maybe on when we are trying to, to create that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, in my experience, the intended purpose is totally neglected. I think it's something that often like manufacturer just draft in a couple of minutes or very briefly, they just write a sentence saying that their product is cool and that's it. And they copy and paste it everywhere. But that's not the goal of this uh, piece of information. And the, the important thing to think about is this, this is not just like um, a, a small uh, part of the documentation. This is like the. the Core from which your documentation should start from. So it's the, the description for that is gonna influence many, many processes in your technical documentation and in your clinical evaluation. So it's really worth putting some effort in it. And um, often this is not done, and it's it really can then lead to to problem afterwards.
0: Okay. So we we have we have sometimes some also issues when we are talking about some. Uh, vocabulary. So we are talking about intended purpose. We are also talking about intended use, indication. All those mm-hmm. terms. Does all this mean the same thing?
1: So um, the MDR speak about purpose. Often it speaks also about the intended use. Uh, the way we structure it is that intended purpose is the general description of the purpose of your device and the intended use is uh, a part of this intended purpose. So it's the description of how you are meant to use the device. Often there is the term intended use is also used to describe the whole thing uh this this the this, uh, this distinction between the two terms is not always clear but um if one wants to be 100% precise one should think that this intended use is just one piece of it and there are like essentially five pieces of the intended purpose that one has to take into account and the intended use is one of them
0: I, I worked also on the on the pharma industry, and we were talking about indication of use or this kind of thing. Is is it a, a parallel uh, parallel vocabulary, or it's completely different?
1: No, it's it's a parallel uh, vocabulary, and uh, so the one should also have indications, uh, medical indications in the intended purpose. Uh, and as as I said. Often there are like um, there are like uh, small hints in in within sentences in the uh, intended purposes that the manufacturers um, prepare, but it's actually really worth also structuring the intended purpose. Also, that's something that is not done very commonly. Usually, you see the intended purpose as a small paragraph and it's everything is condensed together in, in sentences. But you can really structure it into chapters and into subsections and make each point very clear. And this is not just useful for the person reading it. It's also useful for those who are preparing it to, to, to clarify and, uh, certain aspects, and then they will be more efficient when trying to explain or to validate certain aspects of the products. So that's really important. So um, really my suggestion is always try to split it up and uh, follow a sequence of points and try to order it very well.
0: So what are, maybe you can tell about your experience uh, mm-hmm. regarding that, but what are the main issues or problems that mm-hmm. you, you have defined or you encountered when when we are talking about intended purpose? Is there something
1: that is common that is exist- so? So, so I, I mostly work at clinical evaluation. And for me, the main problem is that if the intended purpose is not clear, then uh, the a reviewer of the clinical of a clinical evaluation might not understand it, and you know when reviewers don't understand things, they tend to become suspicious, and then they tend to ask for for more. So if they don't understand whether a claim is uh, clinically uh, relevant or not for your device, then the 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 temptation for the reviewers to say, okay, show me the um, the data for it, and actually you, what you wanted to say. Is that well? This 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 claim is not really so so much relevant for my product, but it's it's in there, and once it's in there, badly explained, it might raise a, a, like an avalanche of comments, comment, and this should be avoided. But I mean, like having a clear intended purpose can help also with, um, for example, the the risk analysis, because you have things uh, structured down, and you can say, okay, uh, or this. This part of my description could um, lead to to risk, for example, for my product. And finally, also for for uh, marketing. I mean, if you can, it's it's um, it's like um, if you can explain well what your device does for for which type of patient, for which user, then it's gonna be easier also to um, to explain it to the customer. And what I often experience is that like. A lot of information is by the clients is like in the in the background. So they like, you know, the everyone in the company works on the same subject and they go like, for, for them it's obvious. So they think you go like, oh, well, uh, the, 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 the user uh, should be a doctor. And they say, obviously it should be a doctor. For them it's like uh, like uh, the, the most trivial thing. But for someone external, that's not maybe so obvious. Huh? And, and uh, the point is to make it very clear and very obvious because, someone who is reviewing the clinical evaluation, he might not have this background. So he's probably trying also to, to uh, teach himself something about the field and uh, he has to do the work. If you do this work for him, he's gonna be very grateful first and second, he's gonna understand better and be better able to understand why you built a clinical evaluation a certain way.
0: Yeah, and uh, one also other mistake that uh, I see is the fact that um, people are writing uh, a certain text in, uh, in the technical documentation, then they are writing some different vocabularies in the instruction for use, then another information, the clinical evaluation, et cetera, et cetera. So this consistency is also important for good document practices and for not having any mistake with the reviewers.
1: Yes. And the intended purpose that you have in your CEP, uh, clinical evaluation plan, CER, it has to be exactly identical to the intended purpose that you have in the instruction for use. Otherwise, it is a fail, let's say, for the clinical evaluation, actually. It's something that one needs to prove in the clinical evaluation.
0: Yeah, and notified bodies are really looking at that because it's uh, mainly what are the claims that you are you are saying about your device and you have them to back up your claims with some clinical evidence.
1: Yes, and that's also easy to check now. You just have to compare and you see immediately if things are not identical and if they don't match, they might start asking. So. So what, what,
0: what, what is your advice when you are regarding the creation of uh, intended purpose? Do you need some different teams or to, do you need some or just a regulatory person is sufficient to do that? What is your kind of structure in terms of who is on the team should think with you about
1: this intended purpose? So I think that the person that is best suited actually for writing the intended purpose is uh, like a product manager because he already has this um, customer view, this, this uh, doctor view, because they're used to, to speak to them. But, I mean, uh, it definitely has to be reviewed internally uh, with uh, also, or with, with doctors or, or so on, just, just to ensure that the, the nomenclature is also commonly used, because you might describe the same uh, disease or medical problem with different words, and maybe you're not using the most common uh, words and uh that in, internally things are consistent and not that you are writing like a claim and nobody knows that actually you are claiming something and then the developer just come out and say actually we're not doing that pay attention okay. so it's 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 very important to uh to review it internally and it's really important to devote a bit of time to this step because it's uh really really important i cannot stress it enough
0: Yeah, so some of the mistakes I also see is the fact that uh, people are putting some claims that are not really true, but which are um, changing the classification of the device from, or from a bigger classification, or also from a medical device to a drug, because there are some substances inside Mm -hmm. that can be maybe considered as a drug. So I think it's also important to to stress regarding that, to say, uh, be careful of what you are writing, because it can still be a medical device, but it's now higher class, or it can not be a medical device anymore just because you added this uh, this thing. So is I'm it something absolutely. that you
1: already seen? It, definitely, we have that constantly. So it's like really, we have this section in which we really try to structure the claims, and really depending on how you formulate this claim, you may end up in a, in a class or in the in the next class and sometimes you 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 see that like there is a overexcited product manager that says you oh, would like to sell the product more and he, he, he formulates these very um, marketing sentences which actually don't really truly really reflect the product and the product is, is actually smaller and he doesn't realize that by doing so especially with the MDR and with the meta revision four so one really runs into the, the risk of having to collect huge amount of clinical data for example just to support this claim and we We always try to review this claim, discuss them with the client, and like um clean them so that they really reflect hundred percent the product and then they don't put us at risk of uh, failing with the clinical evaluation this is I, re- uh, cl-
0: I really like the, the, the what you said to clean the claims so, so it's it's really great, so to show that yeah you have really to to look at, at them and to. To choose really carefully your words. really careful
1: words. I, I mean, I wanted to speak about it later, but I mean, the, the claim part is also the part where you can try to be extremely clear. You can also uh, sometimes uh, people think that it's it's useless, but you can have a section which is called non-clinical claims where you put everything that is like a technical claim. So you you and and since you split it very clearly the reviewer won't be have problems understanding that okay handling uh, storing patient data for you it's not something clinical but it's just something that your device does that you want to have on a flyer but you don't have to, to provide like clinical evidence uh, for, for it it's exactly. uh, it's it's going to be very clear uh, very clear and so, so so let's let's now go to the
0: to your uh, methods because when we discussed uh, to prepare this episode, you told me that you have a ste- uh, five steps metho- method method um, mm-hmm. to build your intended purpose. So yeah. let's uh, share that with our audience today, so that they are ready to prepare that or to really understand how they should build their intended purpose. So can yes. we start
1: with step one? Yes, step one is always the description of the patient. So. Essentially 99.9% of medical devices, they the only thing that they have for sure it's a patient uh, unless there are an accessory to a medical device so maybe the, the patient is not so clearly defined all other medical devices they have uh, a, a patient definition and in the patient description the first thing that you have to do is to think of the demographics so don't think of the diseases of the or, or the medical part just describe your uh, device in terms of demographics so typically the the first point is age. So, with many many devices, you want to exclude, for example, uh, children because you uh, your, your device is not tested with uh, with children, and it's a, a very special uh, category. Uh, you might think of um, specifying um, gender, um, the weight of the the patient. If the woman is pregnant,
0: or if it's uh, yeah, if there is some kind of special condition, I think for those people.
1: Yeah, pre- pregnancy is usually. Uh, entered under a uh, contraindication if you okay. want to exclude it. But here it's really, so you might say, okay, our product is meant for adults and you can find adults in different ways. It could be age, it could be weight, uh, and, um, both male and females and, uh, of, of the race might be important because you're referring to specific type of skins and your products has only be u- tested with specific uh, skin conductances, for example. So it's really like the, dem- the demographic. You have to think, okay, if my patient were, uh, totally healthy, what are the characteristics that define it
0: okay now i think it's great and uh, so this is one of the step uh, yes. that you have to start with i think it's the first one you have really to start with that to be sure to have the right scope when you are moving forward we call it the intended patient population so
1: okay intended patient population right then there are uh, there is the medical side of uh, of the um, patient that is that are the medical indications. So you you could specify um, I don't know whether your uh, device is meant for anybody for any 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 health state. So even if the patient is healthy, I don't know, it might improve their uh, lifestyle okay. or. Um, if they are, if, if it's meant for people who have uh, certain types of uh, diseases or certain clinical conditions or, um, or um, mental illnesses uh, and, and so on so that's really the point where you look at the problem uh, at, at the medical problem and here we usually have a sub point which is called contraindication which is also very very important because it's is where you um, remove all the conditions that you don't want to deal with in, in uh, uh, with your product. So yeah, you might, I, think, I, I, think, I
0: think this is also important to have those contradictions in terms of clinical to say that we have not tested that on those people yes. or we don't recommend to test that because we have no proof that it's working on those people. So having that, I think is making it clear for everybody that be careful. This is maybe working. I'm not saying it's not working. It's just that I'm, I don't have
1: maybe some some true data about that. Exactly. And, and the idea is also okay, you specified it very clearly. If someone wants to use the device in any case uh, with a certain type of uh, disease that you didn't specify, well, it's not your responsibility anymore. So you, 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 you were very clear. So then it's the user responsibility. So in, in case something happens, you can say, okay, I was extremely clear there. And it's you, you have used the device of label.
0: So okay. That's, uh, Yeah, Yeah, we call that off-label, so it means that uh, you used it as you wanted or you thought that it could could work on that way, but it's not something that the manufacturer is recommending.
1: Exactly. And it's also, at that point, the manufacturer is also not uh, legally responsible uh, Exactly, in case something happens, which is something very important.
0: But I think I saw also that um, for clinical evaluations, uh, or no, for PMCF, you have also to collect those off-label use if you are seeing that so it's also something that even if you are not writing that you may collect them just to to see uh, for which other purpose your device was used even if it's off label so i mean yes. it's if it's off label on the
1: pmcf uh, yes so if you see that it's commonly also used for treating something else you should note it down and uh, think of whether it's uh, necessary to collect data for that yeah okay so step uh, 3 i think now exactly step three is the user so uh not all medical devices necessarily have users because you it might be like a a device which is totally automated but most of them have in some cases uh, one of the user or the only user of the device is also the patient and it's important to specify it and it's also important in this uh section to to start distinguishing between when the uh, patient is using the device is, 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 sorry, is the subject of the use of the device. So it's the patient and when the patient is actually the, the user. So it, it does like, it can have this double role and it's important to think of it as two distinct entities somehow. So we, we always refer to the user as the person using the, uh, the device and the patient as the, person on which the device is used. I think, and here, I think this is this is
0: also important uh, to, to mention is uh, when we have your device that is used by a user or a lay person, and because now there is this vocabulary of lay person, um, there is maybe also some additional test or additional proof that you have to provide in terms of usability. So to mm-hmm. say that, yes, the, all the information that I provide on my file or on my information are suitable for this kind of user. So it's why showing which user is really uh, using the device can be critical just to yeah. for the notified body, just to say, okay, it's not a professional that will use that, it's a lay person, a person that is common for uh, uh, that is yeah, anybody, if I can say. Okay, are we sure that this person will understand the instruction? Because sometimes we can use maybe some vocabulary that is really too difficult to understand. And it's why this is also important to say, this will be also used with by this person, so we have to make sure that the vocabulary used on the uh, instruction for use is also understandable yeah. by uh, by
1: them, and also that all the usability aspects they, they match the type of user that one is is intending. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. So, in terms of
0: user, we have also the fact that we can use it with the professional. Is there any um, for each category of user? Is there any care we have to? to take related to wh- what we are writing uh, on our instru- in, in, instruction for use or intended use uh, to say or intended purpose to say that because it will be used by this professional is normally qualified to do that. So I have less, I put less information and because it is uh, used by a layperson or a user, normal user, we have to put more information. So is there a
1: distinction to do regarding that? Um. What you mean in terms of intended purpose, or or if instru- instruction for use?
0: No, no, inter- intended purpose. In terms of intended purpose, is there something additional that we have to write specifically because it will be used by um, another
1: person? Well, uh, so my suggestion is always to be as clear as possible even if it's if it's meant for for um, doctors with very high degree of specialization try to be uh, as as clear as possible it's obviously you know if it's a very technical product for uh, people with very uh, strong technical background uh, there will be some terms that um, probably are not gonna be uh, comprehensible to, to everybody but if uh, the idea is always to keep in mind that this piece of information is going to be read by some one who does not have all this uh, technical or medical skill as even as the user. So re- remember, keep in mind, this is going to be read by the uh, reviewer and uh, was going to review my technical documentation and my uh, clinical evaluation. So try to be as clear as possible. Everyone should understand it. And uh, so regarding the fact who should be involved in the preparation of the clinical evaluation, also have someone external reading it. So someone who is not from the company, who is not an expert in the field, can they still understand uh, what is written there? And uh, can, can, can they understand from it what the product uh, is meant to do? That's also a, a very good test.
0: Okay. So I think it's great for people, yeah, don't, don't consider only expert, consider also
1: persons that are not expert in the field so that they can help you uh, and, uh, to... Uh, uh, and I stress people outside the company because there is, there is this group thinking sometimes in the company. There is this background knowledge that lies down, lies there, and it's obvious for everyone, but it's only obvious in there. And as soon as you are outside, you, you wonder what does it actually mean.
0: Okay, so it's, yeah, I think it's, it's common, yeah. I yeah. have fresh eyes that are looking at that and yeah. asking sometimes, uh, we call it stupid question, but it's a smart question yeah. sometimes because
1: then we say, oh, we never thought about that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, is there, what is the next step then? The next step, once we define the user, we define how to use the device. So that's the part that's often referred to as intended use. And here you can, uh, you should try to specify the use as, uh, as well as possible. So where should I use the device in terms of relocation? Should I have specific requirements regarding the room? For example, laser devices, you don't want to have mirrors in in, in the room or reflecting surfaces. Uh, is there a specific time of the day or time of the year when the device is meant to be used? And then uh, you start to specify how you should use it with the patient. So the, the, the first Thing is, for example, the location of use on the body. So is it meant to be used on the hand or on the leg, on the brain? Uh, is it an invasive product? Is it a non-invasive product? How long should you use it? How often are you allowed to use it? You can say, okay, my product, you can use it uh, 25 minutes per day for maximum uh, two weeks. Uh, or The more information you have here uh, and clearly described, the the better it will help you to understand how you should... test your product also. Uh, Is the product sterile, -sterile, non-sterile, single-use, reusable? Are you you supposed to to clean it? And do you need something else to use uh, your product, like um, specific tools or um, cleaning materials? Do you have to clean a certain area of the body before using it? Uh, With which other devices is your uh, device compatible? And uh, are there specific precautions so sometimes here people on the precaution of use they list all the warnings for from the uh instruction for use i think that that's not necessary you are, you only have to think about the precautions that are clinically relevant so if it's uh, you know if if you have a, a problem that i know is, is only technical uh warnings start a window after uh Storing the patient names, something like that. That's not the kind of precaution that you would like to to write here. But uh, if there are specific precaution for the use that one has to take care of, uh, then it's, this is also the place.
0: So it's it's great because um, wh- what you are describing here is really the scope of the device. It's really something that is showing what are the limits, what is exactly inside and what is outside which then, uh, as I've said, can can clarify uh, why we are using it, how we are using it, uh, who should use it, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's uh, the main question that we are asking. I mean, we should ask those questions ourselves and the answer should be on the intended purpose so that mm-hmm. you can be clear on
1: on, on your product. Uh, and and no, note said, that in, in the intended purpose, except in some cases where I mean you're referring to a specific class of well-known devices, you don't even have to have... Uh, any mention of of the solution that you provide. So uh, up to this step, we didn't say what the device how, how the device achieves its goal. It's uh, it's that's it's in the in the product description. That's in the rest of the of the in, the in the principle of operation. But up to now, you're just describing a problem. There is no solution yet, and uh, you can think of it as a as a recipe. So you take a specific patient with a specific uh, disease, and this type of user it uses the device in a certain way, and then you should achieve a certain um certain claims. Guess, the fifth point of the intended purpose.
0: I, I think I think it's great. it's it's something that is attracting people to really uh know more. I think you are hooking okay. the people now. <laughs> you say we have the solution for you. It's if you have that, that, that. If you do that, that, that. We have the solution for you. If you want to know more, read more after the uh, product
1: description. So it's more hooking. Exactly. that. So afterwards, uh, once you prepare an intended purpose, the next step is usually, so what's your solution to this problem that you described? And that's I the think, principle of operations.
0: Exactly. So I think it's great. This is, uh, this is really helping a lot. Is it the last
1: step? The last step is uh, creating the claims. I think this is probably okay. the, the maybe sometimes the most complicated one, the one that really requires uh, combined effort from many people. And uh, what my my suggestion here is to break down this section also in in uh, into uh, different points so the, the first one is uh, the performance claims and I'll, I'll say the first is performance and benefit claims so um, performance it could be like uh, my my um, Scalpel uh, can cut uh, uh, um, four millimeter uh, thick uh, cuts in the skin, for example. That would be a performance uh, claim. And the benefit would be uh, um, this allows to cure a certain type of disease. So uh, try to separate what is like a, 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 um, um, a bit more technical, a, a, a clinical but but a bit more technical claim and what is uh, like a generic benefit in terms of Im- improved health and, and so on and try to separate them into different sections so that they become very clear. Also, because depending on the device that you're dealing with, you might have to put more effort in uh, showing that your device achieves the performance because let's say once you show the performance, the, cl- the benefits are relatively clear mm-hmm. and in for some other devices, you might have to put a bit more effort in showing the benefits for instead. So that, that's, it's really useful to separate also these two parts.
0: Yeah, I think it's uh, also something that is important when we are starting to deal with um, the benefit risk um, elements to yes. see what, what exactly. are the benefits really of your products and show that the benefits are higher than all the risks that will be, uh, will be defined. And um, for the claims, do you need also somebody like uh, who has more like a marketing, a background to use the right vocabulary, uh, to use some magic vocabulary that can make
1: you buy this product? Uh, no, not just for that. I mean, the, the point is that. Uh, it's you have to strike a balance, so the more the more precise you are and the more restrictive you are uh, the smaller becomes your marketing field so it 's usually there you also want to speak to the marketing people to see whether you're not being too restrictive and whether you 're actually not cutting out a huge Asian population that might allow you to to, to earn millions and you're just forgetting uh, about it so there it 's really finding this balance between okay I'm, i i, I I want to to describe my device properly, and I don't want to take too many risks, and uh, actually I can sell it uh, properly. So
0: Yeah, so just a story, so uh, regarding that, so I really like those meetings where we are defining claims or where we are starting to Mm -hmm. write what will be on the brochure or on IFU, etc. Because we always have some marketing people, and what I really like on the marketing people is they have... They are really creative, they are imaginative, they have some crazy thing that is coming out. And we are always thinking, wow, it's (laughs) really, it makes us think, but it's it's really something that I like is the fact that uh, we are really um, thinking out of the box and try to really put things there. But as a regulator, we are always here to say, oh, guys, you cannot say this, you cannot say that because of this, because of that. And they are coming back with another thinking, another idea, another thought. Can we put this word? Can we put that? So it's, it's always a fight, but it's always really an interesting meeting because you can see also how they are thinking out of the box and how it also opens your mind to to think also out of the box.
1: And they are also in contact with the customer. So they also bring the view of the customer of how the customer understands a certain specification or a certain claims. So it's, it's, it's absolutely fundamental. Um, Part of uh, creating the intended purpose, I would
0: say. Yeah, I think I think diversity in the group is really important. Uh, don't just uh, remove some people that you don't that are not thinking like you, because yeah, you will lose a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities for your products. You have really to bring all the people uh, open, uh, as i said, out of the box and get. Uh, but always be here as a regulator to say, hey guys, you cannot say this or you can do that because of this and that. I know always we are the bad guys on the on those the meetings, but we okay. are getting- <laughs> we are cutting creativity, but at the end, we need we need to do that.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So um, uh, Cesare, so I think it's clear now. I think we have really uh, the mm-hmm. recipe for people to create their intended uh, purpose, and I hope really people uh, like that and will use that. will use this strategy. Um, I think you prepared also a document that we can uh, we can share with people.
1: Uh, yes. What is it exactly it's uh, we call it the patient uh, the uh, clinical footprint so it's it's essentially a poster it's uh, you can download it and uh, um, um, Uh, uh, print it and you can paste it in big and you can like brainstorm with uh, colleagues on for each different uh, part what actually you should enter in in intended purpose so there is really a space for patient population with an important point that you should remember to consider and then you can stick posted to it and you can do a workshop and at the end of the workshop with uh, three four people five people you have your intended purpose ready let's say
0: great So uh, I will put that on the show notes, so people don't forget to download it uh, and use it as a poster and really Mm -hmm. use that during your workshops, uh, so that you can really get uh, all the information needed to create your intended purpose. And as we've said, don't uh, yeah, this is really an important process. So don't just create a small sentence quickly uh, on your uh, for five minutes and say, oh, here I think it's the intended purpose. It should be also a strategic part of your uh, of your business because this is what will. Uh, increase or decrease uh, the, the, the opportunities of your product, the patient population and all what you can do with the product. So it's really, really Absolutely. Important. Yeah. It's um, really fundamental. Okay. So, um so, Cesare, so now can we talk more about Beyond Clinical? Mm-hmm. I'm always thinking of Beyond Quality, so, but now it's Beyond Clinical. So what are you proposing for the medical device community regarding uh, your
1: services? Well, the the, the two companies are strongly related. Actually, we, we share offices, so we we are really hand in hand. And uh, Beyond Clinical is really newborn in the Beyond family. There is also Beyond Market actually from from okay. Stefan, and so we focus on the clinical part. So we focus on helping on with the clinical evaluation both for medical devices, uh, in vitro diagnostic devices. So C P C R P P P R um, for um, summary of uh, the documentation if uh, you want to help us identify the clinical risk for your risk analysis we can uh, help with the risk assessment we can help, obviously with the post-market clinical follow-ups part so plan uh, report evaluating um, complaints and obviously we can help with clinical studies as uh, preparing the test plan uh, executing it uh, contacting BFAM or an ethic commission and um, we can also help with biological evaluation according to the 10993 and the biological evaluation report. So I hope that these services can be useful to many. Yeah. Um, so,
0: so, yeah, as you have beyond quality on one side, beyond clinical, and there will be okay. maybe beyond something else that will be coming. Uh, I'm also, sure it's going to be there. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So don't hesitate to call uh, Cesare if you have any questions related to uh, these uh, intended purpose or clinical or PMCF, for all those activities that he's proposing. Uh, so that he, he
1: can really help you for that. So Cesare, where people can follow up with you? The, we are creating a website, but the best uh, at the moment, the best way is to contact me on LinkedIn. Okay. So I'm often there. Just send me a message, contact me, ask for um, connection and I'll be happy to talk.
0: Great. So I will put anywhere, all those details. Uh, on the show notes so that people Great. can uh, can get that. Don't forget to go also to download the document, mm-hmm. the poster that uh, Cesare and his team prepared for you. So you can have really a complete solution for uh, creating your intended purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, so don't, don't hesitate to contact him uh, if you have any question. Okay, so uh, for the people on the, the audience, so don't forget to go on the YouTube channel uh, if you want to uh, get more information about Medical devices. I'm having a lot of videos there. Uh, to subscribe, also to don't forget also to put uh, to to click on the small bell so to get notified when there is new videos. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, I'm trying to release a lot of videos to help you. And uh, if you are listening to this podcast and you like it, don't forget also to go. On the, on the podcast uh, platform where you are listening to it and just put a small comment just to say that you liked it or uh, that, uh, yeah, it, it helped you a lot because uh, it helps also for all those that are looking which podcast to listen uh, to check which one is really helping them a lot. So it, it, can, it can bring more value to the people that are listening. And if you have some colleagues that... Um, to learn more about Medical Devices also, don't hesitate to share with them the episode, the YouTube channel, or the website, so easymedicaldevice.com. Okay, so Cesare, really thank you for your help. Thank you for thank all the information much. that you provided. And uh, I wish you a nice day.
1: You too. It was a great chat. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye.